about more you talk now hey guys what's up this is asian american and pacific islander heritage month it gives us a chance to pay tribute to everything that asian americans have done and pacific islanders to enrich america's history and guess what there is no one on the planet better equipped to be able to talk about this with us than our very own Larissa Lamb. Now, she's been MIA. Welcome back. Hi, Steve. I missed you guys. My Italian family. Uh, I miss you. Well, um, we've missed you as well. It's great to see you. Hi, everyone. And of course, my co-host to Katie Ann. I know this Instagram thing only allows us to be together, right? Yes, that's right. And Larissa, you've got some very cool news. Let me see if I get this right, because I want to. I want you to unpack it for us. Okay. Yesterday was the broadcast premiere for yes. your award-winning documentary mm-hmm. film called Far East, Deep South. Tell us about what happened. Yeah, you know, it's that moment, like you listen to a song on the radio first for the first time, if you're like in a band or something, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're playing my song on the radio. (laughs) Some of you have seen that older movie, that thing you do, but there's like this scene where they're, they're, they're walking down the street and they hear their song on the radio. So it kind of felt like that for us. We're like, oh my gosh, our movie is on TV for real. Even though we (laughs) watch it on a screen a lot of times. Um, And thankfully, I actually got to watch my film last year on a movie theater screen uh, when it debuted at a film festival. And that was like the last time people were like allowed in theaters for a while. (laughs) So this has been a journey for you guys. I mean, gosh, just getting to the point of getting it completed, you know, filmed and, and all that goes on behind the scenes. And then boom, we get hit with the pandemic and oh, Yeah, it wasn't the greatest, but the good thing is we were able to find ways to do film festivals virtually. They'd all moved online. And then, of course, if you miss the broadcast premiere, it's going to be re-airing on PBS World throughout the week, but you can stream it on PBS.org starting right now. And don't wait, but don't go away now to watch it. Yeah, yeah, don't go now. No, no, no. Wait until after our conversation here, and then you can actually go to PBS.org to watch it. It's also on the PBS app, so uh, there's lots the ways to watch Far East, Deep South. And it's about my husband's family. We took a trip to Mississippi. Mississippi. Yes, yes. Mississippi. And he's Chinese American. For those of you who don't know my husband, his name is Baldwin Chu, AKA Only One. He's also known as a rapper. And we took a trip to Mississippi. Beatboxer. (laughs) And beatboxer, um, trying to find our, our, his roots. And his grandfather and great grandfather were buried there. And we had no idea there was this history of Mm. so many Chinese families, not just his, in the Mississippi Delta. And so I wanted to just go on this. Well, I just, I just got tagged along for this family trip. <laughs> we thought we were going to be driving around town looking for a cemetery. And the next thing you know, we're in a museum um, that's full of stuff from Chinese families. There's a wow. Chinese museum in the middle of Mississippi. We discover all sorts of crazy things um, connected to the family and the history of the Chinese in the South that they were also impacted by segregation. And they also had to go to separate schools. They also huh. had to be buried in separate cemeteries. Wow. And we also, there's an also another crazy law called the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882 that a lot of people also don't know about that impacted my husband's family. And Chinese, between 1882 and 1943, they were not allowed to come to the United States to become laborers unless, actually at all, unless you were part of an exempted class of merchants huh. and you couldn't become a citizen wow. if you were Chinese. So that's crazy. We, all this crazy history. 
Yeah. So this is why during AAPI Month, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, um, we have this movie out and we hope a lot of people will watch it. And it's the stuff you don't learn in school. Well, you know what? It's obviously you sound very passionate about it. And, and I've kind of got another track because prior to this film, you did so, another short one that was kind of a, a predecessor for this, kind of set the stage. Isn't that right? Yeah, I did a short film called Finding Cleveland. And it was just about our first trip to Mississippi and what happened in less than 48 hours and all the amazing things that we discovered and the hist- and a little bit of the history we uncovered. But for Far East Deep South, which is uh, you know a little over 70 minutes, it's a much different story. We, we plunge deeper into the history. Mm. We even find out that the Chinese and the black communities had to live together because they both weren't allowed to live huh. in white neighborhoods. And they kind of developed this symbiotic relationship um, with both communities. And, and so there's this fascinating, uh, many fascinating facets of history that we discovered. <laughs> You like, well, what, it, like what I did there? Fascinating facets. Yeah, I, I you know, that's great wordsmithing <laughs> and tongue-tying uh, possibilities as well. So is it fair to say, is it accurate to say that really your motivation uh, for this film was way more than just family history? It was to, to be able to expose people to history that they probably are not aware of, probably haven't heard of, and making it known because history is so rich and we need to know history as we learn to encourage one another and live with one another in community and and support one another. And so, or was there something else? I don't want to put you in that little box. (laughs) Well, you know, thank you, Steve. I mean, really a lot of the inspiration was the fact that growing up, I think all of us, we learn about the American South, we learn Mm -hmm. about segregation, but we never learn that Asians were there too. And that a lot of this history impacted us, or we were even part of history because the way our, our history books are like written right now, like we, we, the Chinese came and they, they built the railroads and then they kind of disappeared. And the next thing you know, we fast forward to World War II and then you throw a bunch of Japanese into internment camps. And that's the extent of Asian American history that's taught in mm. history books. And so what we hope to do with this film is to show that Asians have been here for a long time, have contributed to many parts of the country throughout many generations. In fact, Baldwin's grandfather and great-grandfather and we find out through the course of the film even great-great-grandparents had contributed significantly to the country which makes Baldwin the fifth generation in America Uh, and so there's a long lineage of there. I mean, you're Italian American, and yes, you're absolutely. you're third or fourth generation. Uh, fourth Italian. generation Italian. Fourth generation. And, and, yeah, and it's interesting because I, as you talk about the um, history, the deep history, and the contributions of Asian Americans, Chinese Americans, and so on, I'm sitting here kind of chuckling to myself because, in a sense, Italians have suffered from the lack of of knowledge of what we contributed. And, and a lot of people don't realize the, the racism our people faced, you know, my, like when my grandparents and, and his brothers came and stuff, I think it helps us to understand if we understand each other's stories. Um, but it really means that we have to take, uh, we almost have to take the initiative because it's hard for 
all of the history to be taught that really should be taught. Uh, yeah. And it does seem to me that, uh, if I remember correctly, it just seems like there was a lot of repetitive history that we kept going back over again and going back over again, you know, from, from elementary school to middle school to high school, even to college at some point. Yeah, I mean, we really want to broaden the way that American history is taught. And, yeah. and the thing about, you know, we're talking about, you're talking about your t- Italian heritage. There were Italians in the Mississippi Delta. And just like you said, they were also discriminated against in the early years. They were recruited to be farmers as well in yeah. the Mississippi Delta and um, were kind of ostracized a bit and, and looked down upon um, by a, a lot of members of the, of the white community, um, the dominant group at, at the time. And so at the time, yeah. And they were certainly, um, you know, not viewed as as equal. And so um, there's very interesting about the different layers of race. And there was a Lebanese population there as well. Oh, interesting. So I there didn't were, know that. There were Middle Easterners. There was a Jewish yeah. population. Um, and, you know, even in later decades, there was a Me- Mexican population that was also brought in to mm. help with the farming. So a lot of people, ha- you know, had to come to make the South go, right? So... <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's fascinating to me that when you think about the mosaic structure of, of our culture, because you, I mean, you're, you've just named all these different ethnicities, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm remembering now with my, my grandfather, who was the mobster Big Ernie, we used to do a lot of business with Chinese Americans, yeah. So and, it was kind of a natural when when you and Baldwin and I and, and yeah. you know, Katie and Re- connected. Um, and it's rich and it's good and we should celebrate it. And we don't learn about this in media and movies no. and films. So maybe no. we'll work on a movie about the Italians and the Chinese. And, that would know, be good. You, and you stole our food, of course, Marco Polo. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, all right. but, you know, we but, digress. Yeah, but all, in all seriousness, I mean, a lot of this history has been erased. A lot of this history has been excluded. And so mm-hmm. what we really hope is that we can broaden the way that we discuss um, history, not not mm-hmm. because we're trying to be politically correct or doing sure. it, you know, to just to, to shove diversity in people's faces, but just because it's historically accurate, you know, and that's what we want is to show that, you know, history just is. I mean, we have a friend who's who teaches history. And, you know, he was saying that, um, you know, history doesn't belong to, and he's white. And he was like, history doesn't belong to us, meaning, you know, white people. It doesn't sure. belong to even, you know, Asians, doesn't belong no. to Italians or no. even African-Americans. He's like, if we're going to be accurate about history, history just is. And it includes Ooh. everybody. Ooh, you know? that's good. That's rich. That's um, but, huge. But sadly, it's always one group that just tells that history and, you know, unfortunately leaves a lot of other people out where people, you were talking about boxes earlier, but that's exactly how people like to tell stories. They like to put mm-hmm. people in boxes. Yes. And yes. as we know, humans are much more complicated. Race is much more complicated and history is much more complicated. And so I think it, it, it does history a disservice if we only focus on things that are, you know, just black and white or in, in, in a lot of cases, oh, in absolutely. history, in history absolutely. books just very, very white. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting because it's we have so much to learn from one another. Now, you've traveled a lot to different countries. I've been in, I don't know, 29 or whatever. And I feel blessed because I've experienced so many different cultures. One place I haven't been is to the African continent, which I hope to at some point in time. But I, I just I feel like my life is richer. I mean, uh, foods that I've been able to try. And, and I just remember now when we went with you and Baldwin to to a Chinese restaurant in Alhambra, I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. And that was amazing. But I have to laugh because the server 
you know, we, we don't speak, was it Cantonese or Mandarin? I think it was Cantonese at that restaurant. Okay. Yeah. And, and then she, she, you guys kind of ordered, then she looked at us and said, well, what are the white people going to eat? And it's like, <laughs> they, she did. That was so funny. Cause she was not thinking you were, you guys were going to be into whatever we ordered and they didn't know you, like you guys are so open to cultures and food because I guess there are some people that don't like to try exotic things. I don't even mm-hmm. think we, what we ordered was like that exotic. I mean, I think it was, no, you know, it was great. I don't think we had made you eat anything really weird. I mean, Baldwin no. likes to eat chicken feet, but I don't think he made, did he make you eat chicken feet? I don't think we so. We had some he? chicken feet. And oh, we he, had did, some he did. Dim sum. He did. Yeah, yeah, we did yeah. dim sum. So he did make yeah. you eat some chicken feet, but you were game. I, I don't know. Yeah, do, I no, don't I do, I do chicken, chicken feet. feet. I mean, it's, you know, being in, I mean, I've had guinea pig, you know, when I was down in Latin America. So, you know, I had snake soup when I was in China. So and yeah. that was kind of interesting, you know. So I guess I, I've got the iron stomach because I've had people in other countries say, uh, you probably don't want to eat this because, you know, you're American. Well, no, I'm Italian-American. I like to classify that, <laughs> clarify that. But it's been interesting, and I am very open to it. But I feel like my life is richer. Right. But I think people miss out when they limit themselves instead of just learning to, you know, find out about somebody else find out about their culture their foods their art uh their music um you know it, there's just uh, for me when i'm going to a different country one of the first things i want to do is find out where the percussion instruments are because it's just so rich when you get to another country and go wow i didn't know you could play this and make this kind of sound yeah i mean i think that's the thing about um music is there's there's commonalities in cultures because you know there are types of drums in every culture right Mm -hmm. people everywhere can find something to bang on and like keeping a beat is just kind of this universal musical you know language that we speak right it is it's the rhythm of life you know um that that we we speak now let me jump back to something because i want to make sure that that we articulate when somebody sees Far East, Deep South, is there one or a couple of main things that you want, like takeaways that you want people to grab? Because I think this is important. It's very important. Yeah, well, I think that there's a couple of, there's actually a lot of themes, but the the, the main theme, I think in this day and age too, you know, sadly, um, during the pandemic, it's it's brought to surface some really ugly uh, feelings and racism let's be frank towards mm-hmm. the asian community mm-hmm. in fact sure. just today I, I was reading and saw a video where um asians in baltimore and new york and san francisco got attacked you know there huh. was one video it was just horrific somebody was with a like a like a, a cement block was like oh. just beating oh. two asian women and this oh. was in baltimore and for no reason unprovoked completely unprovoked huh. and our society has you know a problem and, and part of it is there's a sentiment that somebody with an Asian face doesn't belong here. You know, you wouldn't look at somebody who is got European roots and no. automatically think like, oh, you must be from France. Oh, you must be from Germany. Um, and, and so, I mean, I know sometimes Italians actually get asked, oh, are you Italian? You know, um, but, yeah, not everybody, but <laughs> everybody always, not everybody assumes that, you know, you must not be from here. But like, for some reason, when you look at someone Asian, and I would say, you know, friends of mine who are from the Latinx community have the same issue too, where you automatically think, oh, they speak with a foreign accent. They, they must not be American. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things and themes of our film is the fact that, as we mentioned, you know, Asians have been in America for a very long time. And just because we have 
haven't sure. learned about it um, and you haven't seen it portrayed in the media doesn't mean that that's not true. Um, and so what we hope is to kind of help people reorient their thinking in terms of not assuming someone that is got an Asian face um, is automatically not from here. I was born here. You know, yeah, and yeah. I have many friends, or if you talk about Baldwin, his family has been in this generation for like five generations, right? Which mm-hmm. makes him in some sense, quote unquote, more American than some people that you would perceive to even assume, quote unquote, were American. So like who we deem as belonging. I mean, I never completely felt like I belonged because there were so many times where, you know, I'm not accepted completely as American because I'm Asian, and especially in huh. the, inter- in an, especially in the entertainment industry. Really? It, it's like people don't think I'm American. They expect me to do Chinese music. They expect me to like do projects, write mm. music that's Chinese, but yet I'm, I was born here. Like English is my first language. And then if I go to Asia, they don't accept me as being Asian enough. I'm the, I'm the American. So a lot of us who were born in America or grew up in America, like have these identity crises. And so that's one of the things that mm. we explore. And, and hopefully by the end of the film, people kind of understand what our struggles are and what the journey is. And that there is a history of discrimination against, you know, Asians. Um, not that we want to completely dwell on that, but the fact is yeah. I, I think there's this misperception kind of going back to like why people sometimes are hating on Asians. It's like, Oh, well they're privileged or, Oh, they get good grades or, Oh, they're doing well. Or they're, you know, they're taking over our neighborhoods. And there's this misperception that um, we've not suffered or we're this power that's trying to take over, or they confuse us with the communist government in China or that we're all the same. So, uh, so there's a lot of these themes where, where again, sadly the current news is bringing these to, to, to the surface. And yet these are all sentiments and all things that I think have been going on. They've just all been bubbling to the surface. And so, you know, what we hope is we can open a productive dialogue and, and hopefully we can gain allies. Like I know you're okay. an ally. Like you have my back. Because yeah, you got it. You got it. You we're, know, it, we're it, friends. We are. I mean, it, it's, we're family. And, and this is what, what, what concerns me is, you know, the, the hatred. I mean, here's all this stuff that's happening as a result of the pandemic and COVID and so on. And, and people are, you know, Asians have been kind of targeted. I'll use that word because I think it's true. And yet there's, there's this, this hate that just is, I don't know if you saw it, it's gone viral. Um, not too far from where I live, a um, Mexican-American, I'll call him that, police officer pulled over a lady who happened to be white. And this gentleman deserves a medal. She downdressed him. She uh, she called him a murderer. She, I mean, it just over and over and over again. And how he maintained the ultimate professionalism, you know. And he had pulled her over because she was talking on her phone, you know. Mm-hmm. It, that that is a ticket. And you know, she went so far as to say, "I know what the real issue is. You're jealous. You know, you're Mexican, and you'll never be white. You'll never ever be white. Do you hear me?" And it's like. First of all, how, why this guy didn't go, okay, lady, step out of the car, put your hands on the side, and you're going to kill me, she said, me and my son, and on and on and on. And, and she didn't have her driver's license, but she happened to have a picture of it. But I just, I watched this, and I want your superior here. And it's like, how dare you? That's so disrespectful to a police officer, let alone somebody who happens to be Mexican-American. And I'm catching more... Uh, stuff that's being, well, let's not forget, let me, before I even get to the Italian thing, the anti, uh, the Jewish anti-Semitism yeah. is just 
going, it's not what has happened in the Asian community, but it's just racking up and the Italian Americans now are being, you know, approached in, in a couple places back East, you know, and of all places, pizza, you know, uh, pizza restaurants, but it's like, why this hatred? Why don't we, and, and that was kind of why we threw those words out of, of kind of titling the show today is we need to refuse this. We need to right. refuse hate. I mean, there's no reason to hate somebody else. Are you hating them because you're jealous? Uh, and even if you were, had some bad experience, everybody's not the same. All Chinese Americans are not the same. All Italian Americans are not the same. All, I mean, we can go right down the list. It, it's, I, I, I just really wrestle, you and I've talked about this before with this deep hatred. Um, obviously, there's an awful lot of unhappy people. This woman that downdressed the, the police officer was, you know, and, and in my opinion, you know, we see this happen. I think she should, she's a teacher, she said. Oh, and goodness, she, she should lose her that. job. I mean, there should be no questions. I should, you know, and I, yeah. you know, I, I shouldn't judge because I, I need to, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But um, we need to refuse this hatred. We need to refuse racism. We need to refuse being mean. I mean, it, people are so stinking mean. Yeah, and I feel, I, you know, I, I feel like those of us uh, who live in like bigger cities, especially in bigger suburbs, yeah. people are just meaner because I think we don't know each other and we're not neighborly mm. to each other. Where mm -hmm. I talk to some friends who are like in smaller towns and and they're not struggling as much with some of those things because they tend to know, you know, everybody knows your name and yeah, sense. that's true. And the yeah. neighbors kind of you know, look out for each other, but the larger your city gets, the larger you know, the population is more spread out or even densely mm -hmm. populated it is. It's like people tend to just be meaner, I think, because they just don't know their neighbors. And during the pandemic, everybody's been isolated and nobody's even oh, talking. Oh, yeah, because you took the you're, words right out of my mouth, the isolation, you know. And you're purposely person. avoiding people, right? Like yeah, you used to yeah, like, you walk know, around the street and you'd be like, hey, and now you're like, like you got the mask on, and like, and, you know, all that, yeah. Yeah, it, so, it's craziness. Now, I don't know. I didn't have a chance to ask you this before. Did you happen to see Tyler Perry's Oscar acceptance yes, speech? Yes, I loved it. Oh, oh. Tyler Perry, it, I tweeted about it. It was it was magnificent. Oh, it was powerful. Tyler it, Perry it, for president. <laughs> yeah, no, really. It's what a brilliant man. And, and if you have not seen that, just go to YouTube and yeah. just... Just type in Tyler Perry Oscar, Oscar speech, boom, it's yeah. going to come up there because he won the Humanitarian Award. And what I liked about it, too, was it was short. It was succinct. I mean, he kind of, everybody's cheering and clapping. Hey, sit down. I only have a couple minutes. I want to get right to it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, it was just brilliant. And that story about that dear lady. Um, yeah. With who, the, you know, the who needed shoes. shoes. Yep. And yet he wanted to give her money. He saw her, oh, she's homeless. I'm going to give her some money. And she came up and said, sir, do you have some shoes? Yeah. And he, oh, what a powerful a story. Speech. But you got to watch this thing. But I love what he said. We've got to meet each other in our humanity. Yeah. And We're that's all humans. That's, yeah. that's, and that's what we want to show in our film, too, because at the, at the core, even though there's a lot of historical facts, mm -hmm. it's a human story, right? Yes. It's, yes. it's about Baldwin's family. It's about his dad and why he had to grow up without a father. And it's just this emotional journey. And, and all the people that came out to support this family and, and show the generosity and try to recover their memories and recover the past. And, and it's kind of a beautiful thing. In, in, in the midst of discovering like the dark history of our country, we also see 
the the humanity and the beauty of mm-hmm. of community. And so yes, yes, absolutely. And if we could just get back to having and creating positive, encouraging community that help each other during difficult times, then I think you know we can move forward. You know, because yes. I mean, as much as we're trying to hammer this into like education and stuff, but I mean, as you mentioned, it's like a lot of people learn about the Holocaust, but yet that doesn't prevent them from doing anti-Semitic things, yeah, you know, and mean, that comes down to like, like you said, experience, but also comes down to environment and what they're being taught and what they're, you know, what they're being nurtured to in their hearts. And so like, we, yes. you know, we can't change behavior until we change hearts. And so, I mean, that's ultimately what we have to do is transform people and transform communities. No, it, it, that's, uh, that's a great word. Cause it's, it's, I'm going to use, I'm going to throw in a, another word, ignorance, and again, we've had a chance to travel a lot. And, and when you mentioned the Holocaust, I had a chance to be in Europe and go to Dachau. Mm. And I will never forget the experience as long as I live. You know, and there's an eternal flame outside and, and there's a plaque and it's a, that this may never be repeated again in history. And it's, it's almost, I mean, I'm getting chills now thinking about going into where uh, the ovens were. Oh yeah. And, that, that, and, the, you just said that and it gave me chills. Oh, and the uh, Larissa, the guide said, if you stop, you can almost hear the cries of people. Oh yeah. That's, and I, I can hear them right now, uh, you know, and, and what bothers me is what, how can one human do that to another? How can one human grab a big cinder block and and hit those because they were closing their shop up, weren't they? Yep. The two, yep, you saw and, it too. And what, yeah. Why? Why? Why would you do that? Why, I I don't understand what motivates somebody to do that. And there again is this this hatred and this meanness. And we started something at Utah, which we really we never fully launched it like we want to. But the whole thing of hashtag goodbye to mean, refuse mean, say goodbye to mean. And it starts with us. It, it's like Tyler Perry said in his speech, we go to the middle, we come away from the walls, we go to the middle. Yeah. You know, and we don't judge. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter if you're black or if you're Asian American or LGBTQ or whatever, we accept each other, we help each other. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and then you may disagree, and that's okay. We you, you we can have disagreements, but can we not accept the humanity of each other? I I was at a uh, protest march, and it was mainly um, African Americans, blacks that were there, and younger people that were there, and they brought this speaker in, uh, a you know, a college student who happened to be black, and I went up to him afterwards, and and I said, dude, do you know what happens if I cut my arm and you cut your arm? We bleed the same color. Right. And he just looked at me and it was like he dropped his jaw. And he goes, I never thought about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's our humanity. It's, and it's, again, my life has been so enriched, uh, like working with you and Baldwin and, and other people in other countries. And ju- I mean, I, I can't even contain all of it, let alone the food and it shows, but, <laughs> you know, but it, it, it's just, you're missing out if you continue to be mean to people and hatred. St- refuse to hate. Refuse to be a racist. And learn from each other. It's Now, before we lose track of time, I want to make sure, again, how can people see Far East, Deep South? Where can they go to view it right now? Because that's uh, important. 
Right. Well, for the month of May, uh, you can watch Far East Deep South on PBS.org. Um, you can stream it for free. It's also available on the PBS app. You can also go to our website, FarEastDeepSouth.com, to find other screening information. There's a lot of cool panels that we're doing um, nice. in, in, this month, all because of Asian American Pacific Islander Month. Um, and if you're watching this like way beyond May, um, there will be other opportunities that you can check out on our website. Um, and you can follow us on, on Instagram as well, at Far East Deep South. Awesome. Good stuff. And I'd encourage you guys to do that. I really would. It's I do. And there's a lot you can learn. Larissa, you know, because you've been around Utah for quite a while, that we're really big on going mad, um, making a difference. Is there, I don't want to oversimplify a complicated (laughs) issue. I've been criticized for that. But to me, it's like, you you know, how does it a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. So yes, there are complex issues and we can't oversimplify them, but we can begin to take bite-sized chunks. Somebody once said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, but taking bite-sized chunks. And in this case, when it comes to racism, when it comes to hatred, when it comes to meanness, is there something that we can do or a couple somethings that you see where we could start making a difference. We could start being the change when it comes to refusing hatred, racism, and meanness. Yeah, I mean, I think for one, um, for those who you know may have not thought about the Asian American experience, I really encourage you to learn more about it. Um, and some nice. great great ways to do that is you know our movie is our Far East Deep South for one, but also PBS has a slate of various films and documentaries um, that are covering the Asian American experience, um, and they have a list of those on pbs.org okay. um, and so i highly encourage you to to watch those especially there's a documentary series that came out last year called asian americans um, hmm. that is streaming for free actually most of them are streaming for free this month and so it's important i think to to know more about other cultures and know that history um, and also just Again, I know you said don't simplify things, but if you do have an Asian friend already, um, that's a great place to start is just maybe have a conversation with them about like maybe how they're, you know, what generation they are in this country or, you know, what their heritage is. So I'll give you some tips. Don't ever ask someone Asian, where are you from? Where are you really from? That's don't (laughs) ask them that. And don't ever say like, tell me everything about Asian Americans. Cause that's like too much, like for them to have to like tell you everything. They, they're not going to know, you know, yeah, but just no, ask them, right. Just ask them about their heritage, you know, and if they're like for, and don't assume that their parents aren't from here or that they're not from here, <laughs> but just ask them about their heritage and what they do know and maybe some customs and things that they may observe that, you know, they, they could share with you or just even, you know, I think even having a conversation about just, like, what are the things that you struggle, you know, or do they struggle with identity, you know, or mm-hmm. what are some of the things that sure. they struggle? Because a lot of times I think people are afraid to ask. And, you know, and there's some schools of thought that are like, well, it's not on you to ask somebody Asian, like what their experience is. But I'm not talking about, again, you don't need to ask somebody Asian the history and culture of everything. That's not their job. Yeah, but they yeah, can tell no. you about their own personal family's sure. history like sure. and their own story because they know about that. They may not know everything, but they know about their own life and what their family may have gone through. So I think those are two really great ways to start in this conversation specific to the API community. But you can apply that to like any I other I was going to say, we can, we can take what you just said and just expand it and Um, We need to learn to have conversations and we need to learn to not just hear, but listen. And that doesn't mean that you're 
you know, getting overly anxious, you know, by what somebody's saying. You're just having a conversation. It, it's, you know, and the whole idea of sharing heritage and customs and, you know, I mean, to me, that's rich to be able to sit down with different people. And again, I've experienced it in all these different countries, but we can learn so much from one another and we can celebrate and we can appreciate and if nothing else, have a meal together. I mean, you know, it, seriously, it, it's just a... Meals are a great way to, you know, talk over things or even exchange cultures. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like w one of my friends has the t-shirt that says like, uh, he's, he's Chinese American like myself. And he, it says like, you love our food, love our people too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love because it. Because it's like, oh, the you know, that, people that, that can are... apply to Italians too. I mean, right. you love our pizza and our pasta and so yeah. love us. Yeah. And so yeah. that's the irony. Like everybody loves Panda Express. Like, so why don't you love the people that are uh, <laughs> where the culture great. comes from? You know, that's, uh, we do, we do have to get back to basics in a way where we just yeah. have to respect one another and value yes. and, com and be yes. compassionate. And I feel like you know, we've talked about this all the time, like meanness has kind of ruled over this world. And, and, and we just have to get back to being human and treating each other with basic decency. Cause I don't know, I'm kind of scared, Steve, of where the world is going, you know, Larissa, I am years. too, you know, I'm very, very concerned. And, you know, to me, I keep saying this to different people. It isn't rocket science. There's something called the golden rule and it's found in every major religion throughout the world. And it's very simple. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And you know that to me, that's just core. I want to treat you the way I want to be treated. You know, it's and of course, bullying, that's a whole nother conversation is, is out of control. And but why can't we just refuse the hatred, the meanness, the racism, and let's just treat each other the way we want to be treated. I think, you know, it's funny. I told that to my neighbor one time. He goes, Steve, Steve, this could change the world. And I said, <laughs> yes, Lloyd, it could change the world. It's, it's so simple. And well, maybe people just ignore it because it's so simple. I, I think it is. And I mean, by nature, I think we're all selfish, right? We're all self yeah. selfish yeah, and self-centered. No, and I think that's what's gotten the best, uh, you know. And, and the sad thing is, and we, we talked about this before, like when we did so topics on social media. It's like social media has, I think, made everybody meaner because you're going to get likes and clicks because if you say something extreme. And so yes. you, don't, you almost don't have a motivation to, like, say something nice because no, no. people, you know, are, are just – feeding off of the outrage. And even like with all the, the Asian hate crimes that we're witnessing, I mean, sadly, you know, our community is getting more angry because, because we keep seeing these things and those are the things mm -hmm. that keep getting circulated. And then like, you know, I'm just afraid people are going to be bitter from our community and, and they're going to give up on humanity. And then they're just going to turn into the people that they, that are hating on that. And so the hate just keeps going round and round and round and round. Yeah. It's a vicious circle. It's just a vicious circle. Um, as um, opposed to, you know, like you gave with your example, like the cop who was Mexican-American, where it took a lot for him to love the woman who was just being so racist towards him oh, and yelling horrible. at him. And horrible. he had every right to yell back at her. But the hardest thing to do is to take the higher 
road and to love your enemy, right? So, um, and to turn those enemies into friends and allies. And that's the key is like, never think your enemy is always your enemy. That enemy could actually be your ally. In fact, you were talking about ignorance earlier. Um, Will Smith recently did an interview and he actually mentioned that um, people were asking about like growing, you know, kind of coming up in Hollywood. How did he deal with racism? And Mm -hmm. he says like, you know what? Most people are just ignorant. And so he says, ignorant can be taught, but of course there's going to be people that are like just pure evil. And, you know, he's like, I'm not even going to just deal with them. But he says the majority of people are just ignorant and ignorance can, you can change someone who's ignorant. And I thought that was, I thought that was really, really, you know, great, uh, you know, aspect. Cause I know it's easy to write people off and even give up mm-hmm. in fighting, you know, in fighting the good fight, so to speak. And so um, I just encourage everyone out there. It's like, if you feel discouraged and you feel like, you know, nothing's going to change or things are just going to get worse, just know that um, you've got to make progress. And, you know, having made a movie about the 1800s and the 1900s when there was a Chinese exclusion act and there was segregation, I, I do have to say from a societal standpoint, from a, like a law standpoint, we have progressed. You know, so, yes, you know, now it's 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 more of a human thing that I think. we're. Yeah, losing. that's the whole thing. You know, it, it's it's respecting each other's humanity, you know, right. it, and and if we can do that, oh, rich conversation. We got to do some more of this as you guys continue to produce things. And we'll grab you from time to time when we can to talk more about this. And again, people want more about Far East, Deep South. Where's the best place to go? Go to our website, fareastdeepsouth.com. And of course, you can watch our film on PBS. Go to pbs.org. Also check your local listings that may be playing on World PBS. But if you're on Instagram, you're probably a streaming type of person. So um, you can stream it on (laughs) pbs.org. Well, hey, it's great to see you. We miss you. And thanks for taking time. And we'll see you soon. Bye. This is Utalk Radio. 